It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, Mike, our dreams have come true with a comic-accurate Wolverine costume. That's right. We're going we're gonna to talk about this and, and literally, uh, quote-unquote, broke the internet. No, it really wasn't that big. <laughs> but, like, I, I've never seen a lot of people, like, who aren't, I didn't assume were comic book fans, come out of the woodwork for this. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty fun. Superman Legacy is shaping up to be stacked full of comic book characters uh, with some casting announcements. Stacked, just like your Jenga blocks that you hope don't fall down, James Gunn. Yeah, this is this is a, uh, I would say like a house of cards, right, if you will. Uh, if one of these don't work, the rest of them will not either. Uh, Ahsoka, the show is next on our hype list. Mm-hmm. We, had a, we finally got that trailer we talked about last week uh, released and more. Yeah, I uh, I turned on Disney Plus the other day uh, downstairs in the garage where I ride the exercise bike. We're, I guess, elliptical if I want to sound cooler and less elderly, right? Yeah, too many, <laughs> and, sil- uh, too many syllables. I don't like it. <laughs> and I realized I hadn't um, turned on Disney Plus uh, down in the garage in a while. And I thought about it and I was like... I only watch like two things on Disney Plus, and it's either a Marvel show or a Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. I'm not really engaging in anything else on this uh, streaming app. I I don't know if that's the plan, if that's the whole strategy. Uh, obviously, it is. That's why they make this uh, stuff. Ooh, um, I think I think it's a, a big sign, Mike, that the streaming burble, bubble has burst. If you will. yes, it's it's burbling, <laughs> it's gurgling, it, it's about to. It, bust. it is it is belched all over the place. If you if yeah, you will, so. We got one. We got one more episode of Secret Invasion left, two. and two. then we'll, two. I thought there was only six episodes. I, we are through four right now. Five is this week. Five. I thought. Five, I thought we already watched five. We not that I know of. Uh, oh, I think I think I'm counting wrong in my head. E- either way. Yeah, there's two left. Five is this oh, week, okay. and then then uh, six is the okay. week after. That makes a little bit more sense because I was wondering how are they wrapping this up in one more episode? Yeah. So uh, give us two more weeks, folks, and we will dive I, in and we'll talk all about. This is situation. not reflective of the show, but I've not watched the past two episodes, um, and I'm really excited to binge watch them together and hopefully really come out feeling strong about two episodes at once because remember i talked about like i'm like these shows would be better if we could just binge them all together right at one thing mm-hmm. so i'm gonna test it on episode three and four to see if my theory holds true but we'll see we'll see but you know disney plus my um i would say you know um i i, I we watch it more than i would probably admit but it's more background noise just to add mm. to your thing like i don't know if you guys do background noise with with disney plus more than any other app but uh it's a lot of background noise for us in our house well, I mean, speaking of streaming apps, if you <laughs> needed, um, if you needed Paramount Plus, yeah. uh, that is going to be the uh, streaming service that you need eventually to watch what you caught this weekend. Yes, uh, which I do have because I bought Walmart Plus last weekend. Remember we talked about it? So <laughs> oh, save yeah, on your Walmart right. Plus. So I have Walmart Plus, but I got, uh, as I mentioned last week, we had early um, screening tickets to Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. And uh, this is uh, the seventh Mission Impossible movie out of all these. 
And um, I, I know you, we mentioned last week that you, you thought that maybe this was the last last two movies for Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. But apparently Tom Cruise says he's going to keep making them forever. Uh, that was just like, you know, him like, we don't have a plan beyond these next two. Because, you know, this week, if if um, if you were doing red carpets before Friday at midnight, uh, you, you, the actors were on the red carpet. So Tom mm-hmm. Cruise has been out there doing some dead reckoning stuff. I will say this this is a long movie, Mike. I say it's a little... Almost three hours at the end of it. It's a it's a stacked movie. It's got a you know I I I like the Mission Impossible movies. I don't have anything against them. They're comparable to what I would call our American James Bond, right? Like mm-hmm. since, since that's England, so Tom Cruise has carried this franchise for almost thirty years uh, since the first one. But um, yeah, I think it's fun. I think I think I wouldn't say fun. It's a it's a fun movie to watch in theaters. I I agree with Tom Cruise. I don't think you have to watch it in theaters. But there are some pretty good action scenes in this. Um, you know, you, you have a lot of set pieces, a lot of spy thrillers. There's not a lot of um, as much mask taking off or double crossing <laughs> as they have in other movies. So it's a pretty straightforward forward film. I would say probably on par with more of the the better, um, you know, uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movies of recent era, mm-hmm. right? I uh, mean, do you do you think? And I know you'd have to put a little time between this in between this to kind of make it work mentally. But let's throw yourself twenty years into the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think this movie is distinct enough to tell apart? Because when I think of all the Mission Impossible movies, kind of like in a row, like I yeah. can't like after you get past the second one, you know, which is very stylistically different mm-hmm. than all of the other ones. Uh, they all just kind of like blend together. Like the plots are all basically kind he of went not rogue. the same. He, yeah. Did, he, did, did Ethan Hunt <laughs> go rogue in this one? The answer is most likely yes. Yeah. So I I usually try to tell them apart either by the villain mm-hmm. or the um, kind of action set piece but i i never really remember which one is like okay well i know he's in like dubai climbing that tower but i don't remember who the villain in that one was or which one that was i know dustin not dustin hoffman philip seymour hoffman i know he's a villain in one of them but i don't remember what the set piece is so like i can't i can never combine them together in my head no absolutely and and i think it's it's one of those things because these aren't cranked out every like two years right like there's like usually five or six years between them some of these uh intentionally i i i think you're right you know one is very much um very young young tom cruise right you usually tell by tom cruise's hairstyle which hair did he have in that movie mike um (laughs) two two is is obviously the longer hair he climbs the the rock and stuff like that. So, you know, beyond that, I think this is probably one of the more distinguishable ones, um, simply because it does have a villain. A, a very much a character is the villain, and there's a, a the idea of this the the story that takes obviously two movies to get across is very much uh, of the time, and I think it will stand apart. However, will that be relevant in twenty years? I, I think I think more than the other ones. I agree. Do you remember when they? Tra- I think we talked about this, like when the Jeremy Renner was supposed to take over for Tom Cruise in these yeah. movies, and they just wrote him <laughs> out. Um, but like you know, I remember obviously the last movie with uh, Henry Cavill, right? Because he does mm-hmm. the the shirt cocking thing. Have you? Did you ever watch that one? Um, the yeah, um, I saw that one. I've seen ev- I've seen all okay, of them, but I don't think I've caught any of them in the movie theaters yeah, in a long time. The last one I, I just remember mostly because of the inset piece with the hook to the face, if you will. Oh yeah, um, I'm like I'm like oh that's a pretty gruesome gruesome movie, but this one's is distinguishable enough. It, it actually pairs down, um, I would say the cast quite a bit. It's very focused uh, on 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 
people were familiar with. The only new character to this, uh, I would say the villain's new, but you know, uh, you'll 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 see why. And then also uh, Haley Atwell uh, as as yeah, I, I thought she might have been new. I couldn't remember yeah. like oh, because there's always some sort of like femme fatale in yeah. every movie, it, and sometimes they come back. I feel like yeah, yeah. Um, well, if you get if if you're a love interest for Tom Cruise in these movies, they kill you off. They, they, you, <laughs> they're they're more likely to kill you than let you kiss Tom Cruise on these films. If if you know, they never get I, that close, but I do also get this movie confused with a lot of the modern Daniel Craig, James Bonds yeah. too. And even maybe sometimes uh, fast and the furious only because like they all have big set pieces. There's almost always a car chase in a European city. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it doesn't matter. Dude. It, it doesn't. Oh it, my it, God. It's Paris, <laughs> France. Like it just doesn't. They, some like indistinct, like there's tight corners and alleyways yep. and they have to get through them really this, fast. They're there. So they are in Italy doing a car chase in this movie, Mike. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure. Remember the scene in fast 10 where the ball rolls down the, or the bomb rolls yeah, down. The, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it's that exact same place with the curve stacked. <laughs> but the difference is, the cars in this were real. Um, oh, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, like you, I don't think there's any CG highlights and uh, reflections going on there. Yeah, no, the the cars were real in this. And what I like about the action set pieces in these Mission Impossible movies, much like Daniel Daniel Craig's Bond movies, you can follow the action and you usually know what's going on and where things mm-hmm. are. Right, and they look good. And I I, I I I give them credit for that. I would say there are some slower parts in this um, movie. It's, it's, it's fairly long, but it's still pretty pretty fun to fun to watch and, and if you need a good summer action movie again tom cruise is going to deliver right top gun maverick he delivered this one i think he delivered i think he's done a great job i i do wish they would have given it a different name and i think i said that last week right like dead reckoning part one dead reckoning part two i don't like the parts just call this one dead reckoning and call the next one something else right well Kinda they like, still they still could i guess it's possible they could well, pivot Exactly. It's like like Avengers Infinity War and Endgame are one movie, right, when you put them together. Yeah. But, like, you know, they're still different things. I think they could have done that with this and probably, you know, um, done better. Because it does end – it ends in a, a good place, but also, like, a place you're like, okay, there's obviously more. Um, mm. But so, yeah, absolutely. I, I, if anyone's wanting to go see something this month in theaters, I don't know what else is coming out this month. This is uh, a pretty good – Barbie well, and right, then Oppenheimer, yeah, that's the right. big Bar- back-to-backs. Barbenheimer, obviously. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not into either one of those and you want to – you know, if you're you're looking for an action movie, take your dad to, right? Um, mm. This this is definitely up up, up that alley. But, yeah, Bar- I forgot about Barbie, Oppenheimer, and what's the other one? Um, Haunted Mansion, if you got kids uh, mm-hmm. as well. Because I don't think – I wouldn't put kids in Barbie, um, probably, based on what I've seen from the trailers. Now, they might enjoy it. I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it doesn't look like focused on like a Disney property movie like Haunted Mansion is. Um, are you familiar with the Haunted Mansion ride, by the way, before I forget this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife got uh, the popcorn vessel from Cinemark this week, and it's the crystal ball, the lady in the crystal ball. Oh. So you open the top of it up, and it lights up, and you put the popcorn in. She she actually went specifically to the theater to get that um, after we saw the movie because they didn't have it that day. So um, <laughs> we got a whole collection. But anyway, Dead Reckoning Part 1, um, you know, true Mission Impossible form, probably up there one of the better ones You know, at the end of the day based on how – clear concise and like consistent this one is and uh, i think people will be able to pick it out of a lineup later in, in history like you said mike but um you you got to dive into some um historical shows that are also historical because they're off the air but also take place in a different time period so uh t- tell me tell me what you did here with these crazy people <laughs> Yeah, I'll hit I'll, <laughs> I'll hit these I'll hit these uh, these up real quick. 
because uh, we got like a we got a stack show this week. I feel like we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, but I feel like I, I just put in the effort and the work to binge um, all of the seasons of Mad Men just recently. We got it. I think we finished it in maybe under like four weeks. So it's always like a daunting task to binge like a drama, right? Especially mm-hmm. when there's six, seven seasons. I don't remember. More than exactly. five. Greater we than watched five. The, yeah. we, we watched them all at once and it was uh, pretty intense, but uh, it's a cool show. Um, I, I was mostly fascinated because the series starts in 1960 and it ends in 1970. So you kind of get to see this entire decade um transpire like through the lives of these characters and they do like a really good job at kind of subtly um changing the world around these folks where they're not like pointing it out it's not like somebody walks into the office one day and they're wearing like a you know like a 70s like hippie get up and somebody's like hey, what are you wearing that's so weird and goofy and strange it's a 70s it's, man get with the time it, yeah yeah it's just like it's all very organic just like how it would happen in your real life so it's just it was fun being able to kind of see all that happen in a like a binge model right you know they're they're all they're all very uptight very like leaving the fifties at the beginning. And then it's a whole new era for everyone involved by the end. So if you have a uh, AMC plus, or I don't know, maybe you have these on DVDs. I don't know your life. Uh, I would recommend. Yeah, when, uh, when did the show end? I, Mad Men, I, 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 I want to say 2015 is uh, when yeah. everything uh, wrapped oh, up. Oh, seven to 15. So, you know, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. If, I mean, if I had Seven to tie seasons, it back, damn. Yeah, if if I had to tie it back to our show here, uh, one of the main characters, um, uh, Sterling, I believe, is the actor that it, at least at one point in time, I think, played Tony Stark's dad. Uh, at least that's how I. That's how I reacted when I first started the show. But then after seven season, no, it's like, no. Uh, uh, oh, that guy who played Tony Stark's dad, that's actually Sterling from Mad Men. My, my perspective has changed on the actor. Um, <laughs> not not the younger one, John Slattery, right, from Iron Man 2. Um, yeah, because does, doesn't his ad, the actor that changed his dad change? Yeah, well, it, it, it? It, it depends on how old he is. The younger dad is Dominic Cooper. Uh, right, and then his older dad that they use in Iron Man two and um, Endgame is mm-hmm. is uh, John John Slattery. But I, you're right because you know when I think of him, I'm like, oh, he was sitting in that 1970s looking, you know, world uh, Stark trade or uh-huh. Stark world, uh, what's it called, World Fair kind of thing. I'm like, oh, I imagine him in that in Mad Men as well in the same outfit. He just looks like a advertising yeah, some- executive from the, the 60s. <laughs> Yeah, some people just look like they belong in a different decade um, to no fault of their own. But, yeah, Mad Men, it was a, quite a journey. Uh, so go check that out. Good yeah. show. It's, uh, it's then, fun. Well, I was going to add to that. I went to one of my degrees is in advertising, and everyone's like, you should watch this. You should watch this. And I've never watched it, and I'm, I'm just scared to. I'm like, I, I, I'm very scared to watch it, Mike. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, the. They, the the creator of the show has a passion for advertising. I don't know if they've worked in it, but they do get into the, a lot of the minutia of client relationships and pitches and stuff. So, like, I'm sure if you were working the, in the advertising industry, like, hell, you'd be, like, in your 90s now. Yeah. You know, if you worked uh, in it back then in the day, you might be like, hey, that's not exactly how are things done. Obviously, it's dramatized. Everything's heightened. But right. everything's so much different now. Like, And they, they even go through that in the show. Like, the, the industry changes so much by the time 1970 rolls around. I mean, like, TV advertising was, like, just a thing that they started to do, like, in season two of the show. So, um, 
but it's it, it's fun. It's it's interesting. Oh, but yeah, yeah go, go give Madman a watch. It's a little bit of a slow burn. You're not getting like big reveals and revelations at the end of every episode. It's it's a bit of a thinking thinking man's type of show. Oh, but um, uh, if you're not a thinking person, get the hell out of here. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, and if you're not a thinking person, if you want to escape maybe into another dimension, Ooh. I finally finally picked up a MetaQuest um, two, uh, a VR headset. Uh, I found one used online because uh, VR is like a very um, uh, a polarizing experience. I think some people uh, love it. Some people don't care so much about it, don't need it in their lives. So if you're looking to try out a headset, just go on like OfferUp or Facebook Marketplace. There's a really good chance that somebody is selling one because they thought it was going to be something and then there, they, they, they didn't well, end up vibing with it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the it speaks to the future of the device. Some people, you know, they're hooked on like one thing, right, or two things on it and they burn themselves out or like hey you know i i got to play beat saber with my kids and the kids ended up getting a gaming computer or something later and they never used it so i absolutely you know um mike mike knows this i i've given him hell before we started i'm like you're finally getting on the technology i've had for several years but you know <laughs> you know you, you you brought a point we both had playstation vrs we both dabbled in the the more expensive version for a little bit um, yeah that and was tethered was- so so now you're in, in like the free form mode of it yeah, and it was a fun. It's a fun jump in quality, right? You know that classic PlayStation VR still had kind of like screen dooring on the displays. The headset was a little heavy; it had a cord coming off of it. it they kind of cobbled it together with those PlayStation Move controllers. Move so this this is finally a, a whole experience coalescing into one just um, uh, just user just. Um, just a user experience to use the word experience again that's the best way to describe vr mm-hmm. i suppose uh but it, it it was fun though but at the same time it almost like since what it's trying to do is replicate either trying to replicate reality or replicate existence like the second i put it on i was like this is cool but like there's just a part of me that's like insatiable when it comes to vr it's like i want more i mm-hmm. want more like i'm almost like i want these displays to be even better i want them to be like faster i want everything to be like uh, you told me I can turn finger tracking on with this yeah. thing, so I'm going to give that a try. But it's like, yeah, I want to throw the controllers away. I don't want them anymore. So it's just like there's this part of me that's like, you know, when you're playing like a video game, you know, you're just – it's purely like entertainment, right? Like when you're like watching a TV show or, you know, even a movie, right? But like with VR, you're just like craving like just give me another reality. Let me jack into the Matrix already. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's a, it's a weird feeling that I don't get when yeah. I um, when I uh, interface with other technology. But, uh, you know, we talk when the when the Vision Pro, um, Apple's AR headset, was announced, and we talked about it on the show a little bit. You know, we were really excited for, like, the yeah. whole pass-through camera thing. And the MetaQuest 2 has, like, a very, like, janky, low-resolution, black-and-white pass-through it, camera. It, but it just turns on the, uh, the, the, the room scanners, pretty much, and lets you walk through yeah. a low-res, black-and-white screen. Yeah. Yeah, but... Even that is like, to me, that's the single coolest thing about this headset, which is crazy because it's mostly like a safety convenience feature and, that they added to it. And it wasn't even part of the, yeah, like wasn't even part of the initial launch. Like now yeah. you can turn it on by double tapping your headset. And now it, it originally it was just like, so you didn't bump into a wall and break it. Yeah. But it's like, it's just so cool to have this headset on, turn on these like, you know, weird 
pass through sensors and then you just get to yeah i'm experiencing my reality in like uh pixelated black and white but still that's cool that's mm-hmm. like putting like a cool filter on your world so then like i kind of it kind of clicked and i go oh i got it that's why when people are yeah. putting on this vision pro and they're seeing this full color accurate pass-through version of their world and they're putting like heads up displays overlays on it, it just feels really really cool like i even did that a little bit with a pass-through camera and i kind of just like put up like the web browser and stuff when i was like sitting at my desk and i was like oh i get it right yeah like i see how like if we can get to a point to where whatever headset that you put on is just incredibly light you know maybe like yeah they might look like welding goggles at some point which is still really small but you got you know you got to block out the rest of the light around you still right i could still see that just being like super like freaking cool like so hmm. i don't know that's just my way of saying like i think i get it i think augmenting your reality at least for me is so much cooler than just jumping into a fully fictionalized hey, world you well, know and, and i think the ability to do both is Right, is the Mm -hmm. the key, right? A mixed reality headset where you can have augmented or, hey, you want to jump into Beat Saber, but you don't want to be distracted by things around you. Turn on the background, right, kind of thing. Yeah. And we we talked about that, but I I, I agree with you that the the, the pass-through, and we we even chatted offline earlier this week because I've been doing VR racing games, and I'm like, the cool part would be to see my hands on the steering wheel rather than the, the video game hands, if you will. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wait till it can see my actual arms gripping the wheel, and then I'm controlling my hands in this VR space along the yeah. way. Because like when you're playing a video game, it's just a it's a one to one experience. You're adding inputs to a controller, and it's playing out on the screen in front of you. The second you put a VR headset on, there are so many inputs and outputs happening at once. So like you just realize, oh, I can see how this changes in the future. I could see them improving the display, improve, improving the accuracy, like improving mm-hmm. like finger tracking, tweaking the weight, the strap, the battery life, the compute. There's just so many things that are still on the horizon for this type of device that just yeah. like it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Well, like you mentioned earlier, smartphones as we know them now are not how smartphones started. Um, yeah. Remember how bulky those things were in like the early 2000s? They ran Windows like 98 on them or something like that, like a like a custom edition of Windows 98, mm-hmm. and you can play that stuff. So I think headsets have a long way to come. And what's cool about the you know the Quest Twos, um, Quest Pros, and all these other things, right? You know they they're always adding features to them. The finger tracking wasn't native when it started. That's new. Um, the the, the pass through that's new the ability to plug into something else and use it as the rendering engine because you technically are running like 2k per eye so 4k mm. overall it's it's still there's opportunity to like you mentioned have those better screens and better better reactions um I, I I just I can't I can't sell it's it's hard for me to sell this to people who I'm like do you have a reason to do it and Mike mentioned games it's not just games it's ex- it's experiences or like using the web browser or using like they have the like the calm slash meditation apps you can use to like mm-hmm. really isolate yourself from your surroundings and use those you know effectively. I think that's really fun as well. So like there are more uses than just games, and I I think by you know obviously they sold them first as gaming machines, but as Apple has said, they didn't mention games once in their presentation on the Vision Pro. The Quest has a an uphill battle to separate itself from only gaming and also start selling the experiences of that, like pulling up three mm-hmm. monitors and working or, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Mike, like, you know, there, there's a, well, you didn't mention this, but there's a quite, uh, an app called um, Big Screen and it's essentially a movie theater inside and you can go watch, you know, you, um, anything, media, local media files, network media files, Plex stuff if you wanted to 
in there. Now, mind you, it's not as fun when you're by yourself and you, you know, in our situations, right, our significant others are like in the same room and they're like, hey, what, what the hell are you doing escaping from us? You know, that's the, that's the thing mm-hmm. I get. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to be in the VR headset just for a little bit. She, my wife's like, that's fine. But like, I couldn't do that like all the time, right? Like that's the, the draw. How do you make this a, a social experience? And I, I suggested, Mike, we try a game called Demio, which allows us to play tabletop games together in a virtual space, but across the country, which I think is going to mm-hmm. be fun. But, but I agree there, there, there's still more to come and I'm glad the companies, uh, you know, this is not the finality here and they are investing in these technologies going forward for those. But I, I think the selling experiences slash apps other than games is going to be the uphill battle for everybody going forward. Yeah. But, but speaking of dated technology and, which, and, and uh, games, <laughs> yes, which Chris has had for a while, I finally, yeah, finally, finally got a hold of a Nintendo Switch. And of course, the first game I'm going to play is Breath of the Wild, which is a couple years old now. But, you know, I was, you know, I was around. I was online. I stay connected to the video game um, news and industry. And I know that game was a huge was a huge win for Nintendo and uh, a big game changer it, for uh, Zelda. It, uh, I knew, the thing is, Mike told me ahead of time he was looking for because Prime Week. If anybody got any cool Prime deals, let us know. I'm, I'm excited. But he said he was looking for a deal, and I was able. Well, I was in Best Buy last week buying a hard drive for my computer. I saw a huge stack of the the um, was it Tears of the Kingdom switches. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna get a deal on on a switch, get the Tears of the Kingdom switch, Mike. And you got one of the coolest looking switches out there. Yeah, far. it's pretty cool. It's got like the gold like Joy Cons and like Zelda stuff on it. So yeah. it, it's pretty clutch. It looks pretty cool. Um, so I, yeah, I've been playing Breath of the Wild, and uh, I, I'm not like a hardcore like Zelda fan, but I have played, you know, different types of Zeldas over the years. So I'm familiar with like, you know, the 3D versions, the top down versions, you know, all of the different types of uh, fanfare for the game. So uh, playing Breath of the Wild has been really fun just because, you know, uh, it's it's interesting to see them change the formula, you know, since the game, I feel like, you know, they could have made the exact same game as, as like Twilight Princess or Ocarina of Time, right? But just, you know, updated like the dungeons and the story and everything. But like, no, we're going to do something a little bit different. So it's cool, like, you know, having destructible weapons, right? So mm-hmm. you don't feel like you have to... Um, keep to the same play style so that's been really fun it's an open world so like i've already had the experience of like oh maybe i can cross this bridge it's like nope there's these two giant lizards that can run faster than me and even if i try to run away they'll still kill me Hmm. uh which is fun the the cool kind of i guess like magic when it comes to using like the magnetism or the time stopping or like the the ice freezing i still have one more to get so i don't know what the last thing is uh is really cool um and i I think all the the little things are really fun like when you find when there's like an enemy out in the open world and you go fight them you hit them a couple times and they fall over and they drop their weapon and uh so instead of like fighting back at you right away they'll like run around you to the little campfire and they'll grab a spear that they have that's just kind of like sticking up in the dirt because they know before they interact with me they have to get a weapon so i just think that's really cool it's like they're it's almost like they're leveraging the it's like hey we're gonna like not really make the the most beautiful fidelity looking game it still looks like a cartoon but we're really gonna leverage the the power mm-hmm. that we have here 
in the Switch. Uh, so they, uh, the exploration factor is really, really fun. It's kind of like I'm play playing a FromSoft kind of like Dark Souls Elden Ring style game, but it's just a lot less stressful because everything's just a little bit more uh, cheerful. <laughs> so that's been kind of a nice change of pace where I don't have to freak out as much when I'm just like entering mm -hmm. a dungeon or turning around a dark corner, right? Uh, but Chris, I told you this already, so I'll let the audience know. It is absolutely infuriating picking up a switch because as you told me and i have forgotten nintendo just does not care that xbox and playstation has have programmed our brains to understand the four button layout with your right hand right you know the a b x y triangle x circle box right uh, they, they might be different letters and different shapes, but at least on Xbox and PlayStations, the locations of the buttons, we've come to a, we've come to a clear decision as society that the bottom button will be your action button, right? The square button could possibly be your attack button. The circle yeah. button is usually some sort of like extra movement button. And you know, that, that top button could be, you know, uh, roll of the dice, right? Cause it's at the top, not as important. You don't get into it as much. Uh, Nintendo it just throws up the middle finger and goes like, <laughs> no far right button, action button, the most yeah. used button, the bottom button, that's going to be your back cancel button. Yep. And, uh, so I, my mind, I have to rewire it because I like, and that's the thing that's a little frustrating. Cause like every encounter that I get into it, I get a little stressed out because I can't, I can't function properly. I can't make link do exactly what my brain wants him to do. And I know it's going to get even worse. So I hope my brain adapts because yeah. I've seen like the high end gameplay of this game. When people get towards the end game and they're chaining together these combos of like the magical attacks and stuff like that. And it's just like, I can, I can't, I can barely chain anything together. It's, let like, alone. Learning, it's like learning the new language, right? Like, yes, it's like it's, it, it's you, you're familiar with what you're doing, but not quite sure how it's working yeah. with your hands. It's like. It's like the equivalent of like somebody changed the shortcut keys on you, like going from Mac to PC. Yeah. Like it, it, that's exactly what it feels like. So I'm sticking to it. Uh, I'm yeah. going to learn it. I'm going to figure it out because I'm going to play Tears of the Kingdom after this. But um, yes, that's that's yeah. my uh, that's my trifecta I, of Mad Men, MetaQuest 2, Breath of the Wild, all things that have been out for a while that I've finally gotten around to. And it's perfectly fine. I will also say um, one one of the things I'm trying to get, if anyone can help me convince Mike to get Mario Kart, obviously uh, for <laughs> for the Switch. Um, I would also recommend if you've not Mike the Switch Online subscription service, which is, I think you might get a free month or two when you buy your Switch. Um, they offer emulation for Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and um, some other games as well. Uh, Genesis. If you pay for the higher end, you get 64 games and some other things. But um, if you're looking to play those old games, they let you just play them right then and there on the Switch with uh, with your internet connection. So I think that's a, a a fun thing. Even though there was a survey this week that said like 93% of all games made before the year 2000 are not available anywhere, which is really really disappointing. But also makes me feel okay with emulation, Mike. At this point in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, glad glad we could get there and. Um, you know, really, if only the Switch had an M. Like, we have, like, Mission Impossible, Mad Men, MetaQuest. We, we, we lost our, our fourth M there. But we'll, we'll Wait, who's, the, who's, the guy, who's, like, the creative guy that oversees Zelda? Uh, Isn't his name with an M? Uh, uh, I thought or it was am I making is that it the Mario? Is it the Mario guy? Uh, let, uh, I'm going to do a quick Google. Mario Who Miyamoto. created Zelda? Is it Miyamoto? Uh, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, yeah I should have just Mario put Miyamoto. Too. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Nintendo, the Nintendo people. 
but yeah, that's cool. All right, so uh, half hour in, let's jump into our first topic. Yeah. And this is not a fun topic either. This is this is this is um, something that's gonna we're gonna see some long term effects of this. Probably, I would say even more so, Mike, than maybe COVID shutdowns, even even mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, because now. As of Friday at midnight, and I, I, that's why I said this earlier, uh, SAG-AFTRA, which is the Actors Guild in Union, uh, mm-hmm. have uh, voted to um, enact upon a strike for all the actors who are part of SAG-AFTRA, uh, essentially shutting down all productions uh, that involve U.S. members of SAG-AFTRA. And I'm not going to go through this list. Every production that has an actor in it is, is shut down. Like, it, it, like yeah. there's no need for me to go through everything. But, you know, for people who are interested... Movies in production, such as Deadpool. Movies that are in pre-production, such as Fantastic Four, since they can no longer do cast searching. Uh, the Oppenheimer red carpet. The actors left uh, the red carpet in solidarity at exactly midnight, I believe, Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and SCC panels are canceled all around from actors. So yeah. this is not just, oh, hey, the movies aren't being made. They're... They can't do press junkets. They can't do anything else. This is going. This is very far and wide-reaching other than just shutting down actual yeah. productions at this time. And and just to be clear, there's just this systemic problem in Hollywood right now, and not just in Hollywood too. Even uh, U, uh, U, UPS workers are flirting with a possible strike right now. I don't know exactly where that is. So we've just, we're just getting to the point where uh, the top of our society is just raking in more, mm-hmm. leaving the bottom, or at least, and even when you say like bottom, right, not even necessarily like... Um, like like middle class even worse it's just getting uh yeah. worse and worse people so you bring people to the edge and they're going to start fighting back with their collective action and i think that's great um my my wife is boots on the ground with the, the writers guild and she said the the energy was electric on friday because friday was the first day where outside yeah. of studios uh sag and the wga have were united together out there on the sidewalks uh, uh she said so- she said it it was just it was intense a lot of a lot of energy a lot of uh, support a lot of passion and the the the, the thing about the writer strike is that uh, we weren't gonna see the effects immediately right away like mm-hmm. on your television right you know the stuff gets written ahead of time a lot and um, sorry there's a car like yeah yeah, yeah car no, I, I can hear it yeah yeah but go uh, on continue it's, it's fine you're good. Well, let's wait a second. Cause it, I can't. It, I can't think. Well, I can't think because well, the, well, it's right well, out well, there. Mike's, well, Mike's. Mike's <laughs> doing this. I'm. I'm just going to say. You know, there. There are. It, 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 like as Mike was saying. You know, there are. You know, this is writer strike is the back end. This is the engine running things, right? And while you know it, it can shut down for a little bit, the car can still have momentum, if you will, for for an analogy. Wow, so, right there in the car. Exactly. You know, this is ironic because this is what you do on the picket line to show support when you drive by in your car. And you, honk. You, you honk on the yeah. horn. Yeah. Uh, but what I, what I was trying to say, yeah, the, the writers go, we weren't going to see the effects on your TV screen for quite a while because uh, writing the script is like one of the first things that happens in the production pipeline. So you could theoretically, like we saw a couple weeks ago, you could be out there uh, filming your movie, directing it, going through post-production, right? But yeah, like you were saying, Chris, one once the actors go on strike, like not only are can you not direct things anymore, right? You can't 
um, promote Finnish things yeah. already, but also the the actors are the the face of the thing mm. literally that's being made, right? Like they are the front facing uh, portion of the of media sure. to the audience, and they're the ones like you can't ignore the message of an actor, even when they're not advocating for themselves. They could be advocating for a charity or for a social movement or something like that. So this is really going to change the tone of what's happening out yeah. here in Hollywood for sure. So hopefully this shakes things up a little bit, gets the negotiatings moving, gets the studios uh, from stopping, yeah. uh, dragging their feet. And I think the, you know, if they they do show more solidarity between the Actors Guild and Writers Guild, they could probably solve a lot of it more at the same time, right? Like, mm -hmm. hey, come together, we'll, 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 we work together and get this solved at the same time. Because you know, uh, it, it just needs to have. Yeah, it needs. It needs to be solved in, in in the favor of the the people working. I will say this is um for, for those who may not notice or may not know. This is the first time two guilds have been on strike since 1960. Uh, there was a a strike back then. I think the Writers Guild was like 120 days back then, and the Actors Guild was much shorter. And you wonder why the Actors Guild was much shorter it's because they can't do anything. Like they are literally. Um, I wouldn't say hemorrhaging money, but nothing future is getting done at this time. And yeah, yeah, and and studios are being like entire like they'll try to say things like, "Oh, the actors or the writers are being unreasonable and asking for too much money," and then in the same sentence they'll say like, "Oh, we want to own the digital likeness of your face as an extra." Forever. in perpetuity for all time for a one-time cash payment of i'm sure only a couple hundred bucks so it's like they're they're, they're intentionally yeah. trying to like rattle the cages because also at the same time like over me over here being a little bit more pragmatic it's just like um if they're a background extra you don't need the likeness of your face just have somebody make a, a just mm -hmm. invent a human face and put it on a 3d model like this is the dumbest thing the idea you've ever had what a waste of money yeah. like it's just yeah. so stupid like if you're gonna make a digital background extra right. do what they've already been doing just make a yeah. fake person yeah and then at the same time you know we are in a lot of this both of them kind of boil down to the idea of digital streaming numbers, right? The idea of data, um, mm. what is the data on a streaming service? And this is why we mentioned earlier why I think the streaming bubble has burst. Uh, they are not making money off streaming services and they're not paying people for streaming services. And I think they we, we've come to uh, a, a juncture quicker than most people anticipated of what are we mm. gonna do with this and what are the actual numbers and the uh, how, how do we, you know, if you know, people deserve to be paid for their work in streaming in actuality numbers, right? Not just guesstimates uh, that they're giving out. Because we know, uh, you Mike, we are, we are tech people. We understand how technology works. They have the exact number of streams for every one of these media oh, things, and yeah. they're not sharing them. And that is, you know, I wouldn't say the core of this, but one of the core pillars of, of this whole argument. Like, we need to know what those numbers are so we can get paid appropriately, and you need to stop obfuscating all this data. So. Uh, I, 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 you know, I am, you know, while there are some actors who make millions of dollars per, per thing, this affects all actors, not just those. So that is yeah. why I lean into, you know, I am for the actors. I am for the writers being you know, compensated appropriately. One thing I did note, I, I, I saw, and this is just for people who may not be, you know, in the know, an actor or a writer and slash normal actors, usual salary is about sixty-five to seventy thousand dollars a year, right? Um, just just average, not not the the high end actors, right? Yeah. Writers. And another another important stat too is in order to qualify for 
uh, SAG uh, healthcare. You have to work like X number of hours in a given year. And I don't remember exactly what that hour amount is, but it's less than less than full time, yeah. uh, 40 hours a week, every week. Right. So you, you have to reach this very minimum threshold just to get health insurance and 87, like I think it's 87% of the screen actors guild do not qualify yeah for that so that just like it just goes to show you like yeah it's a big industry and there's a lot of there's a couple people at the top with a lot of money but most people they're struggling well i would say you know the the point is you know sixty five seventy thousand dollars a year and um you know we 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 like certain properties here but we are no shills by any means bob Iger makes that in a day like that is his daily salary what these people are making in a year i believe absolutely believe the 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 heads the, the investors, the the leaders can be brought down a notch and, and share these funds with the people who are actually doing the work rather than those sitting at the top. Not saying they're not doing anything by any means. You, you need someone competent to lead a company right without leading it into the ground. But the the disparity between wages on this and, and this whole thing is is just disgusting at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, then, and I you know I don't I don't have a direct connection like you do this, but I still stand with the actors and writers uh, through, through, through what I can do. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, at the other end of this, um, just so anyone knows, any, especially the United Kingdom projects, they have different unions and rules. So you're gonna still see, we're gonna still t- hear, possibly talk about production still in, in works, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean they're going against sag after. They're just different, you know, different countries have different regulations on unions and how they operate. Yeah. So, and, and also some uh, actors will be under contractual obligations to fulfill things like maybe even like promotion, right? So if you're uh, maybe particularly on the hook to, I don't know, like sponsor something or something like that, you you are allowed to kind of finish that in a way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there will be some things like lingering here and there. But yeah, for, yeah. The, for the most part, you don't want to be a scab for sure yeah. so it, the strike it, continues and expect uh more delays more and more delays and probably mm-hmm. one of the uh wimpiest san diego comic cons in history in terms of movie studios <laughs> uh, you're just gonna have to read comic books people you're Sorry. gonna are ha- comic books at a comic con how dare they <laughs> uh, anyway all right back to our streaming services mike ahsoka the uh upcoming live action show featuring ahsoka tano from the clone wars and written i think written and directed by dave filoni is coming to Disney Plus next month. And the new trailer that was finally released after we talked about being delayed, um, boy, this was an exciting trailer, Mike, for, for me. Um, my wife, who's not seen Rebels, and probably maybe not all of Clone Wars, was she was like, this is like the most hype thing I've seen for a Star Wars show in a while. Like, she is down to watch this show. And I'm like, you don't even know the half of it. Like, you, you don't even know who this purple-haired lady is in this trailer. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's very much a lot of Rebels connections here, right? The, the actors from Rebels, the... The, the setting off on their journeys. Uh, we got to see, again, Mike, some some red lightsabers, some orange lightsabers. Uh, it's going to be some pretty good action scenes. And, of course, everyone, the first official look at uh, M- Lars Mikkelsen as uh, mm-hmm. Thrawn, uh, who just looks like a blue Elon Musk at this point in this this shot. But, you know, we'll <laughs> see him more in the show. Um, any, yeah, it, any thoughts it, on this? Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a hype trailer, you know, an, coming from me, another person uh, like your wife who is not really familiar with the Rebels lore, even though I attempted to find some YouTube videos a while ago that explained it, but nobody out there has really made a holistic 
recap at least when I checked a while ago on all of the the Rebels content because I just I don't have the time to watch all that. Yeah. But the trailer was hyped. It it felt more like leaning towards like cinematic storytelling and action and we're gonna tell a compelling story right unless maybe some of the other things that i like i don't know when i think back of mandalore in season two i know we're, we've we've been divorced of it for a couple months now you mean three like, it, it, it just like it yeah season three it just it wasn't I was it was not exciting to me. I would I never got excited. There were some interesting things that happened every now and then, but I would not use the word excitement to describe that season. And after watching this trailer, and of course it's a trailer, it's meant to make you excited. I just felt like there, I feel like there's something extra happening here, and that's mm-hmm. what our theory was, it, right? For yeah. that last season of Mando, it's because Floney was not there. He was busy working on this, and it looks exciting. It, and I well, I think the other thing is you know with with the Mandalorian season three, the, the focus wasn't really anywhere right like what were they really doing were they trying to restore mandalore were they trying to go after moff Gideon? like what was it right we didn't really get a villain till the end right at the end and Mm. this is very much like we are going after thrawn we have a focus this is what we're doing and and we're gonna encounter some people you know we have to fight along the way and i think that would look really fun um for this so i'm I'm excited to watch it. it looks like you know even the the effects the the whole look and feel this is a little little higher polished. I don't know. It just feels a little higher polished. And maybe it's because, you know, Filoni comes from an animated background. He knows what he wants it to look like in the final mm-hmm. final version to make it come to life. Even the, re- may- like the Rebels mon- uh, mural is like almost one for one yeah. from, from that. And who... And who knows, maybe also there's, I'm not saying the other Star Wars shows haven't had full buy-in, but maybe there's just a little bit more attention being paid to this since it is going to kind of culminate in a feature film, mm-hmm. right? But e- either way, this was a lot more uh, exciting. There's a, Like most things, when a trailer comes out, there was like a poster for it. Uh, the, the poster for this was like weird. It was yeah. like ah- ah- Ahsoka kind of like off-center just holding a lightsaber. I was like, what? what's going on here? So it, I'm glad the, the trailer wasn't really right. Like, well, to me, I'm like, is there like another four posters? Are we supposed to put all four posters together yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. to make like the Rebels? But it's, it's whatever, whatever it is. I, I think it looks good. I'm very excited. We are getting a double feature debut on August 23rd, Mike, by the way. I forgot to mention that and put that in the notes here. But it's a double feature. And it says in the trailer, first two episodes August uh, uh, on August 23rd. Um, so I think that's that's pretty exciting. So if you don't have Disney Plus or you, you've unsubscribed because you're taking a break, Next month's going to be the month to come back for it, I think, to, to catch that. Uh, Deadpool 3 was filming uh, wholeheartedly uh, this week, and we got our first official, 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 official look at Hugh Jackman in his, I would say, X-Men the Animated Series costume. Like, the, the, the most comic book accurate costume you could put on Hugh Jackman. The only difference is the anime version has no sleeves, and this one has sleeves for his arms. But by mm-hmm. God, we get a look at him in this yellow and blue suit. And I, the picture I've included includes him fighting um, Deadpool in uh, looks like a quarry rock place. But he's got his claws. They even put the claws on him. They're not just CG mm-hmm. claws, Mike. They're actually fighting <laughs> yeah. with claws on his stuff and, and the sword. Yeah. It was a pretty fun and exciting uh, day when this dropped, right? Because we got that kind of first image of just the two of them walking side by side towards the camera. And then some of the other set photos started to come out where you got to see them fighting, doing action choreography. Um, there's one where like uh, like he's holding yeah. like Deadpool's arm or something. So you yeah. know that like they're they're just like not getting along, which is exactly what you mm-hmm. want. I mean, the first thing that I thought of, Chris, when I saw that suit, and I'm sure you weren't far off either, was 
was that mythic photo that we have from the Brian Singer X-Men days yeah. of that unused yellow Wolverine well, costume actually, just in that metal briefcase. That it would be a James Mangold the Wolverine uh, movie because that's from the end of the Wolverine when he gets on the airplane and they give him the briefcase um, from that. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm just I'm just wiping Brian Singer's name from this. I, 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 blame, <laughs> I, I give credit to James Mangold, but exactly. So like, is there a mask in this movie and we, we're just not seeing it here? Right? Yeah. Well, I, I've seen a lot of um, photoshops of people taking that uh, yeah. briefcase mask because it's a pretty full on shot, and then a photoshopping out of the Hugh Jackman and. I, I don't think that a literal interpretation works yeah. for me. Like the big fins coming off of the face just yeah. within kind of like this realistic environment looks a little, it looks a uh, little weird. The, like I think maybe you got to tailor down the fins a little bit, push them back a little bit more because it looks like it, it almost kind of looks like when somebody's kind of like ears are kind of like fanned out and it looks yeah. like they kind of have big ears. And then you, you want them a little bit more streamlined to the side of the, the, the face more traditional. And, well, it's, it's, I think, yeah, I think if you put the mask on, it would pull itself back around his head, right? When it when it, when it actually is like, if you just Photoshop that onto somebody, it's going to look weird. It's going to look mm-hmm. like, well, I would say kind of almost, you know, really like the Silver Samurai from the comic book mask, like this really wide. But, like, that works in comic books. That doesn't work in real life, uh, you know. Uh, but Marvel has a really, really good track record of making costumes work in real life. Um, mm. So I don't I, I if they're gonna put a mask on, I think it'll be more of this yellow and blue rather than that one, and and fit a little better. Um, I've included a second shot of him with bullet holes and a sword stabbed through him as well. If you want to mm. take a look at that, I think so. Obviously, he gets stabbed at one point. And that's of Ryan Reynolds' uh, kids on set that day. He was talking to him. <laughs> but one of the cool parts about this is if you go look, we have some aerial shots of the the quote unquote quarry they're fighting in and what we see here is the 20th century fox logo um (laughs) in the ground broken up and people are like oh you know there's rumors that you know the tva is part of this right with owen wilson's mobius in this Mm -hmm. is this the void from loki like where everything goes when they call a universe is this that same place uh that they're fighting here where they've been cold maybe they've both been cold because of you know something Deadpool was doing so they have to fight a little bit for their friends and then go on an adventure to save themselves a little bit. Yeah, hell, I think it's cool that they built it. It's a yeah. practical thing that they can actually go up and touch, and maybe Deadpool is like casually like hanging out on with his feet uh, dangling off. I, I just think that's really rad. And yeah, uh, and also it tells you that they're going an extra level, right? It's not just uh, the multiverseness of different versions that we've seen uh, quite a few times now in comic book adaptations of things colliding together, but also they're going the meta level that She-Hulk went where it's like, oh no, this actually is a TV show. It's not just another uh, universe. So I think that's, I, yeah. I think we got a lot to look forward to here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and- and it seems to be, I would say, you know, I would say loving, loving cares the best way I can phrase it without saying that. But like, this is they're going the extra mile rather than just like you mentioned, filming it on a green screen. And you know, mm-hmm. I would say my, my biggest complaint about the end of Deadpool one is, you know, they're on that boat, but like most of that's green screen at the end of the day. So very excited to see them do this. The last bit of news is Josh Brolin is not returning as Cable in Deadpool three, but. Uh, he is rumored to return to this role in other MCU projects, more kind of leaning towards maybe King Dynasty or Secret Wars um, mm-hmm. and making an appearance. I think that's fine. I, I have no problem yeah. with Josh Brolin as Cable. I, the the interpretation is, is wrong because he's not like the, the son of Cyclops and Jean Grey, right? He's just a time-traveling person because somebody killed his family. But um, I, I would love to see him come back and, and do that stuff. 
Josh Brolin's like a, a gift to, to Marvel at this point, so we'll we'll take yeah. it. Yeah, do we do something kind of fun to, uh, where you look at him and be like, hey, you look familiar? Cause what, what, if it, what if Thanos <laughs> shows up and then he, uh, D- Cable comes from behind and kills him? So you like you replace like the CGI Josh like I think that would be even more funnier than yeah than that but we'll see we'll yeah, see more as that we get to those multiversal movies but um Deadpool three coming uh, well it's currently on release schedule for next summer could be later but very very excited to to dive into that uh, this is news I just dropped in here right before we recorded uh, what if uh, season two is coming eventually uh, but the first toys are showing um, Bill Foster played by Lawrence Fishburne dressed up as Marvel's Goliath we never saw him get into the suit in uh, Ant-Man 2 and then he never returned in Ant-Man 3 so it sounds like they're going to use him in possibly some of these other uh, movies uh, yeah maybe um, maybe it's show. possibly a flashback episode where we kind of see him back in the day operating or maybe yeah. it's a like oh, oh what if um, this Avengers battle fight was happening and the Lawrence well, Fishburne decided to well, get into the mix. Well, yeah, hopefully it's just, you know, maybe what, uh, what if uh, Hank Pym never became Ant-Man, right? Uh, you know, or something like that. And it's, it's, it's either way, it looks cool. It's essentially just a blue and white Ant-Man suit, which matches the Goliath color com- from the comic books. Um, in, in the comic books, Goliath was, um, I, I think, killed by a, a robotic Thor in Marvel's Secret or Civil War. So maybe they're doing a cartoon-accurate Civil War, if you will. Um, oh, that'd be wild. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and, and you can see his belt forming the G, Mike. Uh, I just realized that in the on the artwork there. His belt forms a G for Goliath. So uh, I, I believe I, there's no confirmation. There might be confirmation. I think Lawrence Fishburne will come back and voice this because he's voicing um, a character in uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur currently on, on Disney XD for Marvel, so... Uh, I can see him doing this. But that looks cool. So you can check that out uh, in, in our show notes if you want to take a peek at that. Um, big, big kind of uh, – some swings were taken this week by Bob Iger, Mike. Uh, one, of, <laughs> one of them was a jab at Marvel's TV shows. Absolutely. And all those TV shows up through – well, most of them, right, actually, were under uh, Bob Chapek's direction or, like, greenlit under mm-hmm. his, his rule. So uh, he, he's starting to take some jabs at it. But one of the, the biggest – rumors kind of coming out of this is that the next special presentation for this will um be the last one for disney plus and the content of this actually being to focus on connections between wandavision and the agatha covenant of chaos tv shows with a series called the witch's road Um, oh i mean i wasn't expecting that i mean i think i mean if I'm not necessarily saying this was Chapek's idea, right? You know, yeah. he's just the man at the top. But I think we kind of like the special presentations, and, right? Yeah, I think everybody – there was no bad feedback from special presentations, right? And I think that's it. But I don't know what the cost and numbers were on a 45-minute special, right? To what What's the cost and the numbers on that for a streaming thing, right? Like, obviously, and, new content on streaming isn't working for them. So is this, like, something on the chopping block? But critically, everybody loved these. Yeah. And also, like, I I don't think that's the thing you should measure the success of a special presentation off of because it was like the most experimental thing Marvel's Mm -hmm. ever done. Right. And I think it worked out great. But, you know, if you're worried about maybe a global audience kind of not jiving with it, well, that's fine. Maybe make your next special presentation just kind of more of like an extended classic, you know, short film style thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I liked them because it was just kind of a way to like, oh, you can ease us into a new character that 
maybe you don't, you know, put all of your effort into making well, like a, a feature film. For well, it. yeah. So Man Thing was great. I think the Guardians uh, holiday special was really fun and gave a highlight mm-hmm. to some characters and set up the literally the Guardians right before we met them again in Guardians 3. Right. Kind of kind of give an mm-hmm. idea of where they were. I, I love them both, and I, I think this is the wrong idea to take away from them. But if they're looking to cut costs, I can see why they would cut costs here um, as well. But The Witch's Road is apparently uh, from the comic books. of the Scarlet Witch book in 2016 that they take this from. It's a plane of existence only sorcerers can travel in the comic books. So um, my guess this might be a way to, if they want to bring Elizabeth Olsen back, like maybe she went there instead of being crushed at the end of... Doctor Strange, you know, maybe they're setting up what the effects were on, you know, mm. sorcerers after her death and that kicks off. Maybe this kicks off Coven of Chaos or does it follow Coven? I don't, I don't know. I don't know where this yeah. lives, but it sounds very interesting regardless of what they go with it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't exactly say we got a concrete explanation in Doctor Strange 2 of what the difference between witches' magic is compared to sorcerer's magic. They kind mm-hmm. of just, I wouldn't say ignored it, but they were just like, oh, she's got her magic, we got our own, and we have to combat against it. And she's going to use this ancient book to juice herself up, and we got to stop her from mm-hmm. getting this uh, book. So, I mean, they seem to be drawing a line that witches' magic is the same as sorcerer magic at least kind of in concept but it seems like maybe the the difference is kind of like just cultural origins right you know the sorcerers from the people that dealt with magic on the east kind of turned into sorcery whereas maybe if you were in other parts it kind of turned into witchcraft a little bit maybe this will kind of explain it a little bit and i think to me it's more like you know again wizards and stuff like that um they're they're borrowing like for me it's like one is trained magic and witches are more i guess not chaos but like unhindered like we can we can pull it from any plane we want to and use it in any way uh we're not following the rules you are to make you know, that's why, why Wanda's was like chaos magic. It looked weird. And Doctor Strange was like patterns and intricate de- designs, I guess. I don't know. But if they decide to do a one shot on magic users, that's fine with me. I think I think the thing is, right, the the um, the takeaway from this is, you know, they're going to cut it. But I think for us, we both like it. and We want more of these one shots. I would take more. I would take two one shots and a series a year rather than two series or three series a year. If I was gonna, if I was gonna like cut it, like I think you can focus something more in forty-five minutes than you can across eight episodes right now, and and tell mm-hmm. a pretty good, tell a pretty good story. Maybe go to an hour, hell, go to a one-hour special presentation. Doesn't quite meet movie standards. Doesn't quite meet short film standards for, for releases. Do that and save your money across eight episodes. Right, I think that's the best way to do it. But, who knows? The Marvels, the uh, next movie for um, coming up for. Marvel Studios in November. Uh, reports are that a new trailer will be attached to the Haunted Mansion at the end of this month on July 28th. So we should expect this online before then, Mike. We might be talking about it beforehand. Um, but one of the cool things that came out of this is the Funko reveals this week. Um, and the link I just shared is broken, uh, obviously, because they took it down. But it shows like um, Nick Fury holding a uh, Fleur Kitten, if you will. That's what they're called, Fleur Kittens. Instead of a Fleur the kitten. cats with the tentacles. Yes, but like a baby one, so it's a Fleur Kitten. Oh, a floor kitten. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but but like there was more. There was more of that. But you know, they are like you know the the thing about Funkos is if the Funkos are coming, that usually means a trailer is coming. I'm like, oh, this is this is gonna be fun here. Um, if I can find, um, 
I, I can't. They 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 ripped this off the internet, Mike. I can't even find these these <laughs> new these these images. But if I find it, I will relink it in there. But you know, I'm I'm well, excited to watch another trailer for this. Well, by July twenty eighth, uh, Secret Invasion will be wrapped up. So you yeah. know, if there's going to be any more of a like direct connection of explaining Fury being up there or down here, you mm. know, they might have to wait for that show to wrap up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I, I I think the um. Again, they don't have a Comic-Con panel right this year, and if they did, they did. It would have been canceled at this point. But um, yeah, there's like no. We're not waiting on a big reveal. We're just waiting on, I guess, a good time for Disney to attach their trailers in theaters for this. So, so we'll we'll keep you guys posted. We'll talk about. It, I'm sure when it drops um, for the next couple of weeks. Another small. This is a teaser trailer if I've ever seen a teaser trailer uh, for a new Black Panther video game announcement coming from Cliffhanger Games. Who are uh, known for like uh, you know they have people who made the Shadow of Mordor games right from mm-hmm. um, for for Lord of the Rings some of the, some of the best games there some of these uh, developers are from Halo Infinite and a bunch of other games right but big studio names come together to make this uh, and announce this Black Panther game which is to quote and unquote build an expansive and reactive world that empowers players to experience what it's like to take on the mantle of Wakanda's protector the Black Panther. And Mike, if that says Far Cry to you, is pretty much going to be Far Cry, but with Black Panther, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I hope that this is a pattern, right? I, I hope Marvel uh, sees the astronomic success that Insomniac has had with the Spider-Man property and go, we can do this too. We're not just going to shell out the IP anymore for just movies based on, or games based on movies. Let's make our own standalone rich AAA worlds and make some good games here. And, um, you know, and, and patience is the game, right? Whenever it comes to these things, we're not going to see this Black Panther game for probably like maybe like four or five years. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm excited, though. I think that'll be I think that'll be a fun play set. Right. Because uh, I'm sure there'll be some projectiles in some sense, but there's no yeah. first person shooting happening here. Right. It's if, all going to be like combat I, and brawling. I'm pretty sure th- they said it's third person. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Third person action adventure. Obviously, you know, I, I expect to level up. Maybe pick, you know, pick your suits, pick your abilities as you kind of level up mm. and, and, and do this. Well, it's probably a lot of focus on stealth as well yeah. um, mm. in, in, in a jungle environment. I, I'm excited to see it. I, this is fun. I think some of the coolest parts of the Avengers game, uh, which, you know, I, you mentioned they haven't made any games based on their movies in a very long time. So that's good. But the, the Avengers game, best part was the Black Panther expansion, which is very short lived. Um, the other um, Guardians of the Galaxy game was really, really good. I don't know if you got a chance. Did you, you play that right a little bit? On a, li- a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a really, really fun game. We've got Spider-Man 2 coming out this fall. We've got Black Panther. They announced that Captain America game from World War II. Remember that uh, mm-hmm. a couple months ago? Uh, Wolverine also works at Insomniac. So it sounds like they're looking to create some AAA standalone games kind of going forward right not none of the online multiplayer none of the uh persistent worlds or um what was it live service kind of games these all very much scream single player story focused uh games kind of coming forward mm-hmm. uh the mortar games actually had a really cool feature called the nemesis system uh i don't know if you remember that whereas if you like you know if you were beat by an orc or if you de- defeated one they may- could come back later and if, if they beat you they come back stronger they rise the ranks so they're like stronger to fight later and if you beat them they come back like missing an arm or an eye later um, oh, for like cool. a vengeance thing so it was really cool to see like some of the enemies that you already fought come back and they have like dialogue with that now the nemesis system is um, I think it was 
patented by Warner Brothers, sadly. But, you know, knowing how those shadow games played out, I, I, I can expect some pretty expansive maps and some pretty cool uh, features going forward. What was, oh, uh, Black Panther has a spirit realm and the shadow games let you go into the Wraith realm, like the Ring Wraith realm. So that'll mm-hmm. be that'll be pretty fun to maybe use some of your ancestral powers to do that. So I'm excited for that. Love it. A uh, new trailer also for uh, Blue Beetle uh, dropped this week. The final trailer as it will. I don't know when this movie's coming out, Mike. I'm going to be honest. We probably have it written down on our official release. <laughs> I think it's thing. I think it's August. Yeah, I feel like it's next month uh, as well. This, uh, I, it, it's there's nothing against this movie, Mike. I'm just not sold yet on 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 seeing it. I don't know about you. This kind of gives you a little bit more of like, hey, here's the abilities. Hey, here's a uh, here's a villain you're gonna have to fight who's just a red version of your suit. Yeah, like I don't I mean I, I like yeah. I was going to say, I guess I'll just like say it again. Uh, and I don't think this trailer changed the fact. It's like, I think this could be a good movie. seems like it has a lot of heart. I like the main actor. looks like they got like a fun cast going on here, but it does just kind of scream like overused origin story. A lot, right? of, a lot know, of tropes here that you've seen yeah, over and over again. Yeah. Like reluctant hero goes to learn the ropes uh, you know, there's like a computer yelling at him of how to do things. Like, it just kind of feels like a amalgamation of like, you know, Iron Man and like some other like, you know, oh, suddenly superhero, a little bit of Ant-Man thrown in there, right? You know, like yeah. with a technologically color shifted villain at the end. So I'm not saying like, you know, you can't, every story's been retold, right? There's no mm-hmm. nothing original anymore because we've hit everything. But yeah, mm-hmm. I do just kind of get those vibes. are just like, I've seen this movie a thousand times already. Yeah, yeah. I, I think to me, you know, it, it was his grandma with a minigun at the ending. I kind of rolled my eyes at a little bit. I'm like... They're like, oh, Grandma, why do you have the minigun? And then she starts shooting. I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna get, we're gonna do this. This was made for streaming and it shows, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean I, I can't can't prejudge it. I'm just like, oh, I've got to reset my expectations. What we know and what what's actually happening here can be different. But you know, I will still go see it. But I'm just not like, I'm not dying to watch this um, currently, right? You know, I, I you know we know this character will appear again in the DCU, but we're gonna talk a little bit more about what the DCU means um going forward so i i'm sure why not watch the trailer let us know what you guys think and if you're going to see it next month uh august 18th i just i just looked on the <laughs> the youtube link so check that out uh but speaking of the dcu james gunn has officially said uh dc studios movies and canon start with superman legacy so knowing that knowing blue beetle is a character in the dcu and it's not the start of the dcu uh, for DC Studios, what what the hell is this, right? Like this is a lot of confusion from coming from me, and I usually try to stay with this. I'm a little I'm a little more on top of it than most people. So is Blue Beetle in this? Like he is, but I, like is this movie essential to watch now? Because I think I think it's I think it's just like what we saw with Shazam and probably even the Flash. It's just going to depend on the audience, right? You know, if nobody gets their uh, butts and seats for Blue Beetle, if the critical reception isn't good, if there's just not like an overwhelming demand for more Blue Beetle, right, mm-hmm. in this form, like it, James Gunn has no reason to do it, the- right? You know, he has this daunting task of rebooting rebooting the the dc universe for like fourth five five sixth time right and it's just like you can't do that with things that like 
you have to shoehorn so, in. So I think that's what's happening. So here. I think the problem with that is he can only say that so many times. Like, oh, if it's not working, we can't do it before the whole thing just crumbles down, right? Like, uh-huh. you can't. You have to actually, whether it's good or bad, stick to something. You know, despite what we say about Zack Snyder, he at least stuck to his guns the whole way through. The whole everything he did, he thought he was doing the best. He, the best in the world, and I, I applaud that about him, whether we agree with him or not. But like James, like if they're like, well, we we. Well, if it if it doesn't make money and we don't need to include him, just you can't say that for everything going forward. Like, well, if Superman doesn't make money, we're not going to include him, kind of thing. Like, uh, you make a pick, pick a pick a point and stick to it. I think you know, you know, this is now causing me even more confusion because we have the Suicide Squad, which is James Gunn's movie, right? That can mm-hmm. be wiped out of canon. That's fine, but then he's also doing a Waller TV series, which is tied to the Peacemaker show. And they're doing a Peacemaker season two. So none of those are involved now. Like, like what is, what, how does this all work at the end of the day? Um, is it going to be parallel stuff? The legacy things that he didn't, you know, didn't, I guess, partially touch. And then the new stuff, how will they bring these together? You think it, it, at, at the end, because like I'm, I'm even now confused. And like I said, I, yeah. I try this. I try to be also, nice to them. <laughs> we also have to remember there's also Matt Reeves, Batman just floating around out there. We oh, got another Joker, Joker movie coming yeah. out. So, I mean, maybe they are just holding true to what they said a while ago, right? Before James Gunn was even hired. We have two, we have different verses yeah. out there happening you know, the number one goal here is to make money above yeah. all else. So, yeah, we'll, I, we'll we'll see. I mean, man, talk about pressure on that Superman legacy. That's got to be such a good movie mm-hmm. that we want to see more and more and more. And I would say almost it will be almost unfairly judged in a way because nobody had all of those expectations for the first Iron Man movie, right? It just happened. Yeah. They saw uh, they saw a nugget of potential there, and they moved it forward, was, and they built on it. Well, it was a C-list character, right? Nobody knew who Iron Man was, really, mm. uh, at that point. Everybody knows who Superman is. Superman has had a, a, a legacy since Christopher Reeves. I, you know, we've got George Reeves before, but Christopher Reeves movies, right? Like, everyone is writing those expectations still. Like, that changed the world. You believe a man would fly. Well, movies have changed since then. Um, but a- absolutely. So let's, let's go ahead and jump in. Superman Legacy. To meet those expectations, uh, he James Gunn is adding more cast. We already know about Superman Lois Lane's casting. Now we're going to talk about him adding his buddy, his pal, his regular cohort, Nathan Fillion, as the new uh, Guy Gardner slash Green Lantern in this movie, Mike. We're starting with the Green Lantern in the DC Universe rather than hopefully wishfully adding them in later, uh, like Zack Snyder did um, in one cut of his Justice League. Uh, Isabel Merced as Hawk Girl. So we're instead of Hawk Guy from Black Adam, we're getting Hawk Girl. Uh, Edie Gathegi, uh He was in X Men First Class. He was Darwin. Um, I don't know if you remember him. He was uh, he was killed by like swallowing an explosion um, in First Class. Yeah, kind of sounds yeah. similar. Yeah, uh, as and as Mister Terrific, which has recently been seen in the Flash TV series. So uh, that's three three known superheroes added pretty. I mean, and they're pretty pretty quick, right? Like, that's not too bad. Like, those are pretty... Yeah. He, I, he, James Gunn was doing his typical thing, which I tell him to to never do, as he's just on social media yeah. uh, too much. But I would say this maybe turned out well in his he, favor. He, well, this, just... this came from Variety <laughs> first. Um, or yeah. One but, of those. But he, agree, the, he, he said it was true over in... Yeah, but there was some uh, like just rando in in the replies that was just like, hey, James Gunn, this makes me nervous that you're trying to set up 
these heroes yep. already. Uh, you're shoehorning into them just to build out a universe, which I was just like, well, you're just going to talk to somebody like that on, yeah. on Twitter, right? You don't even know the man. Yeah. I, it just that it just felt like kind of rude. Mm-hmm. But like I, he responded and he was just like, these characters are important to the plot of the story. Mm-hmm. I would never shoehorn a character in just to set them up like uh, it, it, the Superman and Lois Lane are still very explicitly and clearly the protagonist of the film and like if anything else is in the movie it's because it needs to be there so i was like okay this is one of the few times where i'm okay with him kind of like chiming in well the the thing is if 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 they stick to what they've said where the authority like this is a world full of superheroes already every other superman movie he's been the first superhero right that we've seen Mm -hmm. so if this is a world full of superheroes this is okay to have established people in this in that we know in this world we'll have the authority we'll have Green Lantern, Hot Girl, Mr. Maybe they're part of the authority in this universe. I don't know. Uh, I, I it, it is fine to have established heroes in a universe when Superman shows up because obviously in this, that's what the story they're telling and that he is not the first one to show up, right? He may be the first most powerful person to show up, but he is not the first existing. And that's okay. That's okay to do that. You can jump in in the middle of a universe and, and have it be lived in already, right? You don't have to start sterile and fresh. Um but the other character they, they announced is actor Anthony Kerrigan as Metamorpho. And I don't know Metamorpho from the comic books. I've never read one with him in it. But I know his look, if you look him up. He, he's he got, like, a white face and upper body. And then, like, his body starts splitting into different colors, like purple and orange and mm-hmm. other things down it. But apparently, he's able to transmutate elements in his body into various forms, taking those properties on as powers. So he sounds like a super scroll if you will, or an absorbing man from Marvel. Yeah, there was a there was a character like that in one of the later seasons of Agents of Shield, if I remember right. Absorbing uh, man, too. yeah. Yeah, but the the actor, uh, the the very lovely uh, Noho Hank from uh, yeah, Barry, Barry on yeah. HBO. Every, everybody loved that performance in the show, a standout for sure. So uh, I'm glad to see to see him getting like a, a big a big role, big payday, big notoriety. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, and he's also no his he's got history in um, was that TV show Batman Go- Gotham? He was in Gotham for several seasons as well. Um, so you know he's got history with with you know DC and stuff like that. But I don't Metamorpho is a, he looks like a villain, but he is a hero. By the way, that's that's what I wanted. To, that's why he's listed out separately. So are these my my thing is like maybe these are the the quote unquote authority right? There's no Justice League in this world. The authority is not historical authority characters. Maybe it's these characters, or maybe. I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to get into, a, again, like I said, a world that's lived in with superheroes and abilities and people already rather than, um, oh, my gosh, Superman I'm, landed on Earth and now we have to follow him until more yeah. people show up later. I mean, I know it's not classic Superman origin, which we've told a lot of times already, but if Superman is growing up in a world where superheroes already exist, I would love to see that maybe incorporated in his personality or origin a little bit, right? You know, uh, he grows up, he finds out one day that he has superpowers, and then he's, you know, watching the news, and he sees, or, you know, he sees, like, heroes out there doing things, and that spurs him maybe to be a hero as well. I I, I feel like they'd ha- you can't just ignore or the fact that um, those things would cross paths. So, and that, that could be kind of fun. Like maybe Superman grows up, moves to the city, meets like a, a hero that he grew up with. And it's like, Hey, I'm a hero too. You know, that it's not classic origin, but like it could be a fun original yeah. shift to the character. Yeah. And, and how was he? Yeah. Right. How did he grow up affected by those things? Whereas mm-hmm. every other time he's, he's, he's not. So um, 
yeah, I'm excited to, to, to see that as well. You know, like you said, a lot of pressure, a lot of stuff going on, but I, I don't think we're going to get any more casting announcements until the strike is over uh, for almost anything. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll just kind of buckle up and, and see what news does flow through on this stuff. But Superman Legacy coming out uh, two two years. We got our uh, first official trailer for Wonka, Mike. And let me tell you how disappointed I am that this isn't like a Joker version of Willy Wonka's <laughs> origin story. But but in fact, it's a goofy, um, you know, Tim, young uh, Timothy Chalamet playing the younger Willy Wonka. Uh, you know, as he's starting to get into the was it the, like the chocolate cartel? It looks like a little bit, or <laughs> yeah. Um, and he gets his first Oompa Loompa in a jar, which seemed to be much smaller than the Oompa Loompas from the movies. Yeah, um, I but, actually I like I like the shift. Uh, um, who was uh, Hugh 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 Grant? Hugh, Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah Hugh Grant. I was about to say Hugh Laurie, and it's like that that'd be funny too, um, as like a small little Oompa Loompa that fits in a jar. I, that's kind of like a fun. I I don't know if originally that's how small they were in the original Rogue Doll story, but either way, it's it's cute. Um, mm-hmm. the thing that sold it for me, Chris, and I, I you already know what it is. Yeah, it's I, when they, because they the, say <laughs> from the director of Paddington, yeah. and it's like, yes, L- I didn't even know that was happening. Every, every, <laughs> so everybody, I think everybody in the world was like, what the fuck is this trailer? And then it's like mm-hmm. from the director, and everyone's like, okay, you know what? All right, we'll yes. give we'll give him a chance. He is yeah. he's got like the two highest rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll give him a chance. Yeah, and then it helps too with the the tonal part of the movie right it's like it's whimsical it's a little silly you know this this town is based in reality but it doesn't like exist in a way of like oh no daydreaming not allowed it's kind of like an authoritarian chocolate city which is which is hilarious um i'm not like a timothy chalamet stan in any way i don't Mm. like really put him up on a pedestal and i don't i haven't really experienced a lot of chalamet because you've not watched Dune yet yeah yeah (laughs) in my uh hollywood uh um in my hollywood uh um uh, lifestyle right but his performance in this trailer seems a little it not odd it's not like i'm saying willy wonka shouldn't it's, be odd but it almost seems like monotone in a way like he, so where, he, i don't he, know it's very strange in, in dune this is not how he is in dune he's quite opposite in dune but if you go watch the if you watch the french dispatch with wes Anderson, yeah Wes-Anne, yeah yeah I have it's, seen it's that. identical to his performance in it the way he intonates his words and like kind of like talks a little bit is like his french dispatch persona uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so maybe that's just uh, the DNA of Chalamet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it, it, this this could be fun. It's, it comes out Christmas. It's obviously a family movie for people to go uh, check out. It's going to make everyone want chocolate. Uh, yeah, I can't the, wait till all the, the gimmicky snacks they're coming out with over <laughs> the next six months uh, to to release along with this. But it'll be fun. You know, we're going to obviously see the origin of like what was it the. Um, what fizzy bubbles or whizzing bubbles stuff where he mm. like sends them off in the ground. So, you know, it, this is essentially footloose, but chocolate. Uh, he, he, you have to either follow their chocolate rules or you're, you're, you're outcast. And, and Willy Wonka comes in and he does his own little thing here. So I, I am excited to see it. I, I will give it a chance, but I'm not really sold yet on, on what I've watched. I did see, and for those, you know, may take offense to this. I, it was, it was hilarious. Mike, uh, someone had, used AI to transpose uh, a previous presence face onto the Oompa Loompa and use that instead, <laughs> uh, with the same exact dialogue. And that was pretty funny. So um, I, I'm excited to watch more of this. I'm, I'm excited to see this, but and let's, let's, let's shift gears into a trailer of, of things that just continually kick you while you're down, Mike. And, and that's twisted metal. <laughs> Uh, the new full trailer, a full trailer for the upcoming uh, Peacock show based on the PlayStation game series uh, has released and, 
I wish they hadn't even called this Twisted Metal at this point. Like, it doesn't seem like the game at all. Um, it's, it's really it's really more of a, a wink and nod at the camera kind of show, it feels like, right? Like, we're telling jokes and we know it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But um, I didn't actually realize all the actors that were in this until now, right? Um, we knew Anthony Mackie and um, Will Arnett, but I did not know Stephanie Beatriz, Nev Campbell, and Tom Satan Church were in the show uh, as well until this trailer. Yeah, very, very strange, right? At least we're getting more. It's a four tra- It's a full trailer. It's not just a clip of Anthony Mackie just, like, getting slammed up against slot machines in Vegas, right? And singing uh, I, the thong this, song. Yeah, it's like this definitely does not alleviate my uh, perception of cheapness, right? This does feel like it's, it's barely crossing the budget finish line, mm-hmm. right, of, like, we need – Luckily, I guess it's dystopian in a way where they can just shoot everything like The Walking Dead does, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere. How, how many <laughs> explosion plugins do you think they bought on this? Like, like maybe the same one a couple times, but yeah, I mean, you can tell this. The success of this show is clearly riding off of whether it's going to be funny or not, right? Mm. And I will just go ahead and say, comedy traditionally is not always best presented in a trailer for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Even like the 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 funniest movies you've ever watched in your entire life probably had weird trailers or you don't have any of the context for the jokes or everything. So like weirdly enough, I can't tell if this humor is working for me or not, right? Because like I could see some of these same lines maybe coming in a different world or out of a different actor and getting it. So like a very strange experience watching this trailer for me. Like I can't tell if this is going to be hysterical it, or going to be the cringiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, now tell me, I, the trailer says that this is from the writers of Zombieland, right? It feels mm-hmm. like a, um, when you Swede something, right? Uh, a Sweden version of Zombieland. Like, because <laughs> yeah, I can see that. the jokes are there. Like, the the same setup. Oh, the, the guy's, you know, he's acting like a hard ass. But he's like, he, he gave it you guns with no bullets in it. And he's like, oh, it's never happens before. I'm like, I'm just not there. I'm just not sold yet. And I wish it wasn't Twisted Metal. Like, it's not Twisted Metal. This is just essentially some guy driving from A to B to deliver a package, right? Um, for someone. And they could literally picked any other IP or, or title and called it that. Twisted yeah. Metal just it, happens to be we want to use Sweet Tooth from from the game. Yeah, and that's all we saw. I was I was I was hoping to see like Axel. He's kind of the coolest looking yeah. Twisted Metal character, like bonded to his machine. Maybe that's like a, a season finale yeah. reveal. Spe- or something Spectre, like that. the guy who shoots go like the the car. Yeah. He's like the most normal looking car. He shoots like ghost haunting missile. Like there yeah. should be cool stuff here, but it's not. Yeah. No, uh, I mean. No disrespect to Anthony Mackie. I think he has a fine career ahead of him, right? Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know if he can play funny, right? I've seen him in different roles in different movies, and I'm not saying, like, he's not effectively reading the lines, right? I don't, something about him is just not funny to me. Like, um, he's in, like, a... He's trying too hard. He's trying way too hard. Yeah, he's in like a Seth Rogen like Christmas movie. Um, I forgot what it's called, but it also has um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, and that's supposed to be comedic as well. It's like I don't know what what it is about him. Um, it's just just doesn't read comedic to me. So I don't know. Maybe this will maybe this will uh, prove me prove me wrong. But yeah, weird trailer. Go go watch it. Let us know what you think. Very polarizing. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely watch the first episode, but it's all gonna depend on that. If I if I go any further down down this 
Twisted Metal show. However, it has been bringing back the original games to the PlayStation Network. If you have a PlayStation oh. 5, you can download the old games on the PlayStation Network now. It's fun. Uh, new photo uh, this weekend from Mortal uh, from Ed Boon uh, showing off uh, Carl Urban as Johnny Cage on set there. He's got a, he's, I'm used to him only from the boys, right? Like with his beard and you know his thing, but this is He's got a he's got his Hollywood hair on there and he's shaved, ready to ready to do his Johnny Cage stuff. He's got the shirt and everything. Can you believe it? Carl Urban, a famous actor, putting on sunglasses and yeah. becoming Johnny Cage, which uh, is essentially an actor yeah. with sunglasses. He's Who like a, he's, he's like a washed up actor though. I'll, in the games, I'll, I'll give him that. He's, he can play, you know, I guess self skewering a little bit. So I, mm. I think Carl Urban's fun. He's kind of had his like uh, I guess urban renaissance if you will Ur- the Urbis- I, I i don't think i don't think you could say herbisance just yet because i feel like you kind of have to go away and come back where i would say he's been kind of more like a, a slow okay. rolling boil that's getting hotter not in a bad way right yeah, yeah. it's just like i feel yeah. like he's still cooking he's he, still heating he, up. he's like the master of like cult movies but never the star of them so hopefully he mm. can he can come through but you know he, he he really he really does a great job on the boys we, we always talk about how much we like that show and i'm excited too um see this in Mortal Kombat 2 which is probably no longer filming at this point so uh, until until everything's settled with the strikes but I'm excited to see Mortal Kombat 2 and this is I guess our first official official thing because you know Ed Boon saying he's there like we've never really got any word so yeah I don't know Mortal Kombat 1 also coming out uh, in a month or two on game consoles check that out but speaking of the boys uh, we got a first uh, uh, it wasn't a trailer it was an Amazon Prime I guess uh teaser with some clip, uh, a clip from Jin V the boys spinoff and they confirmed that it is coming in September on Amazon Prime Mike with this spinoff so that means we're not getting the boys again we, we talked about this they're not giving us a release date until the strike's over but uh, Jin V is coming to Prime in September and is set at the America's only college exclusively for young and adult superheroes run by Vought International so um, probably gonna be you know the boys been on a college level ish. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's good. I feel like, you know, spinoffs are, are hard to do. Right. I mean, uh, the, I feel like the only spinoff I that ever comes to my head when it comes to television is like Frasier. Right. Oh. And that was after cheers has already, ended, was, right. I, it's just, it's just hard to carry over an audience, recapture, reduplicate the magic, but make it original. It's just the tall order, right? But you do have the advantage of you have a built-in audience ready to go and ready to love it. Well, the thing about this one is um, it, it's not quite a prequel. It's not a sequel. It doesn't have to involve the main actors. It's like, hey, this is a college run by, like, a superhero. Like, imagine the boys but when you were, like, in college rather than, mm. you know, full-grown adults doing it. So I imagine, obviously – some depravity uh, and some other things going on in the show just to kind of lean in a boy's gruesomeness. But like, you know, if no one else is coming over from the main show, is it really worth watching? Like, is anything going to matter here? Is it going to stand out? Is there going to be repercussions, if you will? Um, to me, it's more like the walking dead right now, right? The walking dead has fractured itself into how many shows? Um, <laughs> Too many. The walking dead fear the walking dead. Uh, there's the Rick and not Rick. Uh, well, there's Rick and Michonne. There's a Daryl Dixon show, and then there's the um, Negan and Maggie show. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, those last three I get because they are like, hey, we are, our main actors are so big, we can make our own shows with them. But like, Fear the Walking Dead is like this. It just runs in parallel with some occasional crossover. So I don't see the the desire to watch it, but hopefully it is good. It can stand alone on its own. 
Oh, yeah, this. Uh, I can use this as an opportunity to to say I saw a trailer in my feed because I still apparently am in the Call of Duty um, Warzone oh, yes. uh, alg- algorithm, and uh, I don't play the game anymore. But they're doing like You're, a boys crossover where it's not just skins, but the the tenth V is in the game. So it kind of made me think of what was that um kind of. Uh, uh, GTA clone, but you had superpowers and you could jump around the city. Oh my gosh, what is that? Um, called? They what had was like that call. Mm, there was a couple yeah. of them. Th- th- those were fun, but it kind of made me think of that. Of like, I you kind of have like these gr- this grounded, realistic gameplay, and then now all of a sudden you can like leap tall bounds and yeah. You know, I was like that. That could be fun. Yeah, yeah. The the, the cool part is you know I again I don't think Homelander is good for for Call of Duty. Nor Starlight, two of the skins, but the other one's Black Noir, and Black Noir would be a hell of a cool. Like he looks like a, a Call of Duty skin anyway, right? So I'm like, yeah, you can play Black Noir in those movies. Um, yeah, what is that game called? It's not San Andreas. DT, v something V Vice No Vice Van. I don't know. I'll think of it later. <laughs> um, but uh, but absolutely. But yeah, Gen V coming September uh, Amazon Prime. So we've got some more content coming this fall. But that is our show for the week. That that is it. We we we've covered the gamut of things we could cover, and hopefully we get some more uh, good news this week, right? Um, you know, coming coming down the pipeline with you know, hopefully the strike gets resolved and we can get some more news coming forward. But if people don't know what you're up to, what you're doing this week, where can they find you, at, buddy? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like Threads. Read... Yet. I haven't found a reason. <laughs> You can read my uh, my webcomic at liferewardsrisk.com. Uh, Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, same as threads. Uh, if you're using that. I don't know how to use it yet, like, very well. The the algorithm's, like, throwing me all over the place. Don't quite get it. But um, you can do that. You can also find me on any video game system under the same name. But if people want to know more about what we're doing, listen to our shows that we're going to be doing every week. Uh, we, we are not on strike. We're going to be, like, and <laughs> we're like we're like the opposite of a strike on the show because we're going to we're gonna spread the news of why these people need to get paid every week mike but where can they find that out yeah they can find that on superheroslate.com that is the home for all things superhero slate we got our awesome upcoming release calendar there uh tbd right (laughs) a lot of those dates are probably going to be changing soon but we got a lot of movies coming out soon and hopefully we'll be talking about them if i can drag my uh ass to a a movie theater Mm -hmm. uh right uh but you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube spotify wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram i feel like i need to change this end section of the podcast we uh we we are not anti-social media but we are just like who needs it anymore? Well, Just get get come here to the source. Listen to our voices. Whatever. This is as social as it gets. You're really, hearing us. Yeah, really. Like you know, I, I don't. You can. Yeah, you're following us on here. Share us with a friend. Right. Be a super fan. But also leave us a review in your podcatcher app of choice. Yeah, that's maybe really that's all we what need. I. That maybe that's what I do. I I ditched the social handles here because yeah. you're you're all competent folks. You're you can already assume we're on social media, and it's probably not hard to find our handles. I don't need to spell it out. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, go to your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review. We love that. And um, you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We occasionally make merch. and That's kind of fun. And we're, I'm uh, literally we, wearing one of our shirts right <laughs> now. It's one of my favorite shirts. They have really good fits, and they don't shrink in the wash. So Yeah. And we uh, we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.